everyone and welcome back to Bow Talks. I'm Taylor from the Banking Women Committee at Melbourne Uni and today we have a ton of tips and tricks from our committee members on how you guys can upskill yourselves during all your free time. So I'm joined today by our incredible subcommittee member Molly. Hey Molly. Hey Taylor and all of our listeners. We are very happy to share some of our upskilling advice. Yeah, so this year has panned out to definitely not be quite what anyone expected. But one thing is for sure, all of us at Banking Women found that we have so much more free time on our hands. Restrictions are starting to ease and I, for one, am definitely looking forward to using some of my free time now to get out and to see some close friends and relatives. But we thought that this would be a fantastic time to just talk to you guys a bit about how we've been using our free time in isolation. So, With the uni break not really too far away now, and I know that unfortunately a lot of people who maybe hoped to go overseas are not going to be doing that anymore. So I was meant to be going to France next month, um, but like a lot of other students, that won't be happening. And we might find ourselves with a bit more free time than we expected to have during the break. So let's get into it. From podcasts to short courses, Netflix to meditation, let's get into all the recommendations our committee has for you guys on how you can upskill in your downtime. There's so much choice when it comes to how best to use your free time to upskill. What comes to mind for you, Molly? Well, I sometimes feel like there's just so much to do that I often waste my free time trying to make a decision on how to use my free time. I know I spend so much time just scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Facebook, but I definitely neglect some of the more productive apps such as LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is by far one of those things that, you know, everyone constantly talks about and says that it's very important, but never get around to actually acting on it. Is there anything we could do to perhaps upskill on LinkedIn at this time? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Molly. I get caught on that Instagram feed for so long sometimes. It's crazy. And LinkedIn definitely seems to be one of those things that everyone knows they should stay on top of, but it's probably just stayed with a terrible profile pic and no cover photo since you set it up in like first year or something. So I listened to our awesome podcast that was recorded a couple of weeks back um, called The Ins and Outs of LinkedIn. Uh, It was with an amazing HR expert, Tina, and I was just totally shocked to hear that 95% of recruiters actually use LinkedIn in their hiring process. So I've definitely tried to start setting aside a bit of time over the last couple of weeks just to have a little look into how I can improve my LinkedIn. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I was shocked as well to hear that 95% of recruiters actually use LinkedIn. I know I should be improving it because so many employers are checking candidates through LinkedIn and it's such a great tool to quickly connect and really build your network. But it's still so new to me. I don't really know what I should be doing. So I was wondering, what have you been doing to revamp your LinkedIn? Yeah, so I think there's probably three really quick things that anyone can really do like off the bat just to have a look into it. You can probably even do it while you're listening to this podcast. So first of all, just make sure you've got a good quality profile picture on your page that looks as professional as possible. Um, As this is the first thing that people will see when they look at your profile, it might feel a bit strange to get dressed up like you're heading into the office for just you know, to sit down and take a picture, but we've probably got the free time to do it at the moment and it's definitely worth it. I think next I would just start to consider building your keywords in your profile because this actually allows the right people to find you. The easiest way to do this is just to add a couple of relevant items to your experience and education section. 
This will allow you to add a title underneath your name, so something like student at the University of Melbourne, for example. Um, and then lastly, I would just check your profile privacy settings. So this is really important. Um, check, first of all, that your profile is public so that people can actually find you on LinkedIn. But really, really importantly, go to your settings and privacy section and just change your profile viewing options to be anonymous LinkedIn members only. If you don't change this, what happens is that every time you search another LinkedIn member, they'll actually receive a notification that you've in particular looked at their profile. Everyone loves to have a good LinkedIn stalk and to check what everyone else is doing, but you definitely don't want to be caught too many times doing it. But I guess with that, you can also have a look at other people's profiles and, you know, get inspired, get a better idea on what you need to put on your own and how to articulate your skills and experiences, all guilt-free. So once we've covered off the basics, what else do you think we should consider? Yeah, you're definitely right. Looking at other people's profiles is a really good way to think about how you can maybe build yours out a little bit as well. Um, for some other tips, I would really recommend um, checking out that podcast episode that we recorded a couple of weeks back. I personally got so much out of hearing from Tina and it was just a real wake-up call about how important LinkedIn is. I really also liked how Tina talked about ideas around building a personal brand. I think that personal branding is something that is often a bit stigmatized and not really talked about very much, but it really should be because it is important. Especially with graduate and internship recruitment, more often than not, employers aren't just hiring you because you've got all the technical skills on day one to be an investment banker or an analyst. They're hiring you for your personality, your outlook, and a lot of your soft skills. So that's why it's just so important to really think about what your personal brand is and what your value proposition is to a recruiter. LinkedIn is a fantastic way to start building the foundations of that personal brand in just a really easy, accessible way. Yes, I 100% agree. It's really important to, I guess, bear in mind that often those who are applying for the same positions as you also meet the basic requirements and skills for that role. So with the recruitment process being so competitive and demanding, it is actually so important for all of us to try and set ourselves apart. Something to keep at the forefront of your mind is just um, the classic elevator pitch or your personal brand, you know, what you represent and what your purpose is. For those that have covered these basics, what can they now do to, I guess, improve their LinkedIn presence and to further expand their network? Well, I'm definitely no expert yet. I'm still learning also. But I do know that LinkedIn Learning has some great training on how to actually use LinkedIn itself more effectively. It's usually charged as a monthly subscription for LinkedIn Learning, but you can actually get your first month for free on it with no lock-in. So I definitely recommend to anyone who's interested to just maybe have a look into that to learn some more skills. The LinkedIn Learning platform in general also offers a really great variety of learning certificates that you can use to build some soft skills and some technical skills. So if you're looking for some ways to, I guess, maybe add some experience or some skills to your profile, I'd check out those LinkedIn Learning certificates. They have areas like Excel skills, as well as data visualization and digital marketing and communication skills for business. So it's a great way to just show recruiters that you're proactive about your learning development, especially those of you who might be applying for vacation programs where you might be struggling to fill your resume out because the amount of experience that you have might be a bit limited in a lot of cases. 
Yeah, that sounds like such a great way to really upskill and then be rewarded by achieving a certificate at the end that you can put on your resume and your LinkedIn to set yourself apart. The hardest part, I guess, is getting started. What do you think about LinkedIn learning certificates compared to other online courses? I've seen a fair few, but I never really know which one is worth trying and putting on my CV. Yeah, you're completely right, Molly. Uh, These days, there's so much access online to different learning content, and it's sometimes a bit difficult to know what's worth your time. I think being selective is really important, and it's important to mention that you shouldn't feel the need to have to do absolutely everything because there is so much out there, so don't feel overwhelmed. All these different platforms have their own benefits, and it really just depends on what you're hoping to achieve and what your personal goals are. LinkedIn learning certificates are great because you can put them on your resume and they're just really short and flexible and they cover a really broad range of soft and hardworking related topics. But there are a lot of other platforms that a lot of people love. So platforms like Courseria, Udenemy and Skillshare are the ones that we probably hear most commonly at Bo. And they offer a variety of courses that can help build specific skills. So Courseria offers about like four to six week courses from leading universities and companies. There's plenty of free courses. However, this platform is a much more structured platform with course start dates and assignments. However, it's a really great way to branch out your skills and develop really relevant industry knowledge that often our general degrees lack. For example, on Skillshare, you can do courses on user experience design and on Courseria, PwC has a course on data analysis and presentation skills. Oh, there's just so many. Like some of them that you've mentioned, I haven't even heard of. I guess it sounds like such a great way to really build specific skills as well as general skills needed in the industry that aren't really covered in some of our other degrees. Where can our listeners find these details of some of these online platforms? Yeah, so in the podcast notes, we'll leave all the links and details to anything that we mentioned in the show and all of the platforms that I just mentioned then. Um, So moving on to maybe a bit of a different topic here, but something that's definitely having a bit of a moment is podcasts. They're just a really great way to learn on the go or while you're doing other tasks. I think podcasts provide so many benefits in the sense that they are super accessible and cover such a broad range of categories. You can find ones on literally any topic. It's amazing. Whether it be things like real crime or philosophy or TED Talks, it's just really great how many different platforms you can find. Yeah, and dare I say, they're even a relaxing and enjoyable way to learn and spend your free time. It's so easy to just grab your phone and press the play button and listen in. Some learning can require, you know, a lot of brain power. And I know personally, after studying all day, I just get tired. So it's so easy to just pull up a podcast and they can provide you with such great insights and knowledge with a simple click of a button. It's also a good idea to check the experience and the background of the person or the company that you are listening to in the podcast. I guess like all areas of learning, it's important to check that you have a reliable source because you'll really get the most out of the podcast if you're listening to someone who has great qualifications, personal experience in the field that they're giving advice or sharing information on. Yeah, you're definitely right with that. It's a great way to quickly learn about a topic from an expert in the field And it's also really important to make sure you're getting information from reputable sources because we all know the internet misinformation bubble is definitely one to avoid. So I know that you got so many amazing suggestions from our committee on a whole bunch of different podcasts on so many different topics. So do you have any specific recommendations for our listeners? 
Yeah, look, our committee definitely loves their podcasts. So obviously I have a bunch of them to recommend. I mean, if you haven't already to our listeners, make sure you subscribe to Bow Talks on Spotify. Just a shameless little promotion there. We've got some great episodes already up there on a great range of topics and some really useful future episodes all lined up ready to go. Not to mention, we absolutely love creating these episodes and do our very best to ensure that they are as interesting for you as they are for us. Sticking with podcasts, my all-time favourite is an Australian podcast called She's on the Money, which provides some really great tips on personal finance in a way that's super clear and really easy to understand. It's hosted by a licensed financial planner, Victoria Devine, who structures it in such a way that it simplifies really complicated topics and breaks down the confusing jargon related to finance. She pretty much covers the basic building blocks of managing and saving money, but also combines these topics with real-life scenarios to keep you engaged. Yeah, I really love that podcast myself. I've listened to a lot of those episodes and really enjoyed them. They have a really cool um, Facebook community also. So I recommend if you decide to listen to join into that Facebook community because you share between you a lot of um, great tips and saving money and just building personal finance goals. Was there anything in particular from the podcast that you thought our listeners might find useful? Well, while listening to She's on the Money, it's definitely helped me strengthen my financial literacy and also helped me start thinking about planning out some real life money goals. I'm definitely inspired to start investing in the near future and also look into digital banking. I've actually signed up to a digital bank that they've recommended me and it's going super well. Other than that, Victoria Devine really gives valuable advice on what to be aware of, such as afterpay, hex, and insurance. I also think that hosts like Victoria Devine are super sensitive to the fact that everyone is facing different situations. So she provides super reasonable and realistic advice for all of the listeners. Yeah, that's so cool to hear that you've gotten a lot out of the podcast so far. I definitely feel like I've gotten some of the similar things out of it as well, where I've just really found that I've been a bit more conscious in my own personal finances and how I'm managing my money. I've got some other suggestions here from our committee members. One of them is another finance-related podcast, and it's called Equity Mates. It pretty much focuses on investing in the Australian market setting. It covers investing in a really clear and concise way that is targeted towards millennials. And what our committee member was telling me was that whether or not you actually invest, the content is really accessible to anyone and super relevant to current affairs and what might be going on currently in the market. There's also some really great banter between the two hosts, which I just find makes listening to a podcast super engaging and a lot more fun. Yeah, and I know that on top of that, there are a whole bunch of other podcasts out there that are really great if you want to learn more about investing. And just adding to that, there are also a lot of different podcasts with a range of professionals who are able to hop on and give us their expertise on the topic. For example, The Money Cafe is hosted by two financial journalists who cover key news regarding the economy and financial world every week, providing some really great insights and perspectives to all of their listeners. I think listening to these sort of podcasts are such an awesome way to keep up to date with relevant news, see how they apply to your own life and to topics in the real world setting. Yeah, I'm definitely such a fan of The Money Cafe. I love that podcast so much. It's hosted by Alan Kohler and I think he's just amazing. He's so funny. And if you ever watch the ABC News at night, you'll recognize his voice from, I guess, like the finance um, news section. And I, yeah, I love listening to that podcast. 
I think also, especially with there being so much going on right now in terms of the global economy and markets, uh, listening to podcasts is a really great way to help capture some of the major topics of the week and connect you to the opinions of different professionals within a whole range of industries. So when you're considering for applying for a grad role or a vacation program, recruiters will often want to know that you have a great understanding of our economy and what's currently happening. So keeping up to date with this sort of content through a podcast is a great way to learn about how you can have a reasonable and easy flowing conversation about things like the share market and interest rate movements and how changes in politics and the global economy affect our Australian economy. Just adding to your recommendation, our committee members have also suggested podcasts called Planet Money, Economist Radio and Vox Today, which covers current world issues in really informative and interesting ways. Like we mentioned earlier, we will put all these recommendations in the podcast show notes so you can come back to them whenever you want. Yes, they are all definitely worth looking into. I guess moving on from podcasts, let's talk about resumes. You know, um, we often look at our resumes and just just before we start applying, we find that there's a lot of things missing and a lot of ways that we can improve. Call me crazy, but I think now is the perfect time to really take a look at them and see how we can improve the stuff that we've got on there. If you give your resume a little bit of a cleanup, even if you're not yet applying for jobs, it gives you the chance to think about what sort of skills and experiences you might want to add to your CV before you start applying. So there are an abundant amount of tools and resources online to help students to create or polish their resume. So it's definitely good to have a look and find some inspo on how to make your resume stand out. Um, One that we are going to recommend is from UniMelp, who offers different resources to support students, including actually a resume builder and resume workshops for students who need help in writing their resume. So it doesn't really matter what kind of point you're actually at with starting your resume. There are so many tools on the Careers UniMelp website that can actually really support you to do this. There's even an AI smart resume building tool, which actually like breaks apart your resume and tells you where you can improve on it specifically and gives you recommendations. So I think that these tools are just a fantastic thing to use while you're a student to really workshop your resume and get some feedback and insight on how you can make your resume even better. I guess from experience, um, it was always very helpful to have someone to look over my resume and people are always happy to do so. So an activity that our listeners could do is to reach out to people in the industry that they are interested in, someone who has experience in applying for similar roles or even booking an appointment with UniMelb's career advisor. UniMelb career advisors have actually gone virtual via Zoom, which is so fantastic so that they can continue providing their students with good advice in terms of applications and writing their CVs. So you can still have a chat with an advisor if you want some personalized feedback on what you've got written already. Some advice we've got from our fellow committee members is to also not be shy to ask people. You'll be surprised that people are generally very happy to give you some of their advice and to help you write the best CV you can possibly write. This way, you can create an industry-specific resume to showcase your skills and experiences. If you are looking to build further on your CV or learn more about the specific role or industry, you can do this by completing even a virtual internship. 
Yeah, so for any members who might be a little bit unsure, basically a virtual internship is an online work experience program. So this is where the participant can enrol and gain an understanding on a specific role or the industry, working at their own pace and their own time. We recommend having a look at Inside Sherpa, who offers free virtual internships in different areas like finance, digital technology and consulting. So these internships are actually sponsored by different companies. So companies like BCG, KPMG and Citibank. So it's a really good way to learn about the company or the industry that you're interested in. The platform is user-friendly, but we would like to emphasize that it is super important to investigate one that suits you and select ones that you will actually find beneficial. Yes, I agree. It's important to be critical about which one you choose and to be realistic about what you're going to get out of completing it. Doing one of these virtual internships is a great way to learn about a role that you know, you're considering applying for but want to learn more of. But putting a virtual internship on your CV isn't going to be as appealing to a recruiter as actual work experience, even in a part-time or casual job where you're picking up transferable skills. We would highly encourage listeners to maybe pick up internships that are relevant to career interests. If you're applying for, for example, management consulting, don't bother with the audit virtual internship. Recruiters will be confused and you could probably spend more time effectively on something that is worthwhile for you. However, these virtual internships are such a good way of exploring your interests in an industry if you're not too sure. Yeah, definitely. So maybe as a bit of a challenge, set aside a small amount of time each day for a week or so to work away at your resume a little bit and figure out maybe what skills and experience you'd like to add if you could. You'll be amazed at how much you can just transfer your resume during this time. And congrats, Molly, because you've already gotten ahead of the eight ball on that one. So far, we've discussed a great list of ideas on how to upskill yourself from updating your LinkedIn to taking short courses to listening to a podcast or cleaning up that resume finally. But action-wise, how do we actually keep up the motivation to be productive and proactive in upskilling yourself? Do you have any advice, Molly? I personally definitely have moments where I struggle with motivation and often get distracted, especially now since I'm home all the time. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So an advice I will offer to limit procrastination is to create a daily routine. So you can have upskill activities incorporated in your schedule, along with other things that you can have going on, such as uni and work. Yeah, I definitely find that creating a routine is really helpful too. Another great tip I use myself is to actually set daily goals in the morning and then cross them off as I go. I find that really satisfying. And if you need more of a push, I'd suggest assigning rough times to the tasks so that you can actually keep on top of your schedule during the day. I know that planning your day out isn't going to be for everyone, but I personally love planning, so I really enjoy it. But you've got to find what works for yourself. I do think that having something or some type of a technique to keep yourself accountable throughout the day, even if it is just pointing down a couple of points, is going to be really helpful. Um, But if you don't really like planning that much, but you still want to beat the procrastination, I'd try setting a bit of a timer for yourself. So something like a 45 minute to 15 minute timer where you work really hard for 45 minutes and then you get a short 15 minute tea break and stretch break where you can just use that time to, I guess, get on social media or watch a YouTube video. But then when your timer goes off, you just get straight back to work and you put the phone away. 
Yeah, speaking of great tips, it does remind me that it's super important to definitely find what drives you towards your goal. And I think by taking time to be self-reflective on what's going on is super beneficial for anyone to stick with what they've planned in their routine. It's also really important to find balance in your free time. With uni happening in the background, I like to balance my valuable free time between upskilling and taking morning walks. So in that way, I keep motivated, healthy, and continue to reward myself when I am upskilling. Yeah, whether you're using your free time to take an online course, update your LinkedIn, listen to a podcast, or just binge Tiger King on Netflix, it's really important not to be too hard on ourselves, especially with so much change happening during this really odd time. It's important that we also prioritize our own health and well-being. This is really important. We've given you so many tips on how you can be productive in your free time, but life is definitely not just about being productive. It's also about developing really great strategies to de-stress and unwind and just chill out. So what are a couple of ideas that you've taken note of to relax in your downtime, Molly? Well, I know for a fact that COVID-19 isolation has really pushed everyone into certain phases. So whether that's buying toilet paper in every store or, you know, buying all the overripe bananas to make banana bread, as well as dyeing your hair a funky colour, I've been put into a walking phase. So recently, you know, banking on women, girls, we've downloaded an app called Pacer that lets us have a little healthy step counting competition where every day when you go for a walk, your steps are put into the competition and you are ranked um, amongst your friends. So that way you keep yourself accountable for all of the exercise that you're doing, as well as compete with some of your friends, which is always a little bit fun. Even just making it a daily habit to go outdoors and to go for a walk around the block can help so much when you're feeling cooped up inside all the time in isolation. I honestly didn't think I'd see the day where I'd get up early in the morning to exercise, but I guess isolation does weird things to people. Yeah, I definitely loved our little step challenge. I'm not really like a super competitive person, but wow, I like woke up every morning and would check the app to see what our steps were at and to try to like see how many steps I'd need to get in the day. It's just a really great fun way to connect with people and to yeah have a bit of fun with the exercise that you're doing. I've seen lots of people using online games as well to connect with friends, um, which I think is really fun too. And it's a good way to stay connected um, in a really interactive way. I definitely agree. And moving on from just exercising, you can also be reading books as well as starting a new craft like painting or baking or knitting. The list goes on. There are just so many great ideas that our committee members have recommended. You can get great tutorials of all of these activities on YouTube as well. I think that taking up a new hobby is a great idea during our downtime. It's a great chance to maybe pursue something that you've always wanted to do but never felt that you had enough time for. I personally have been really enjoying doing a little bit of yoga on a daily basis and feel that it's a great habit that will probably stick with me now that isolation is, I guess, coming to a close. So many great YouTube videos are out there for things like yoga, Pilates, dance and workouts to stay active. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's super easy as well to, you know, set up a Zoom or a video call and share screen with a friend and work out together. One of my friends and I have been doing that. We found it so fun to just see each other on the other side and to exercise together and just have a little fun in, as you mentioned, an interactive way. Also, with restrictions easing just a little bit, it'll be nice to catch some rays and have a little picnic outside with a handful of friends at the local park before the Australian winter makes our lives so cold and miserable. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm definitely looking forward to having some picnics before it gets like absolutely freezing. I think that at the end of the day, there's so many ways that we can relax and unwind. And it's really just about finding what you love and what's enjoyable for you and just what keeps you happy and healthy. We hope that this podcast has been a really great way for our members to stay feeling connected to a community and to know that there are hundreds of students going through the exact same challenges that you are and we're all here to support each other through this challenging time. So be kind to yourselves and make sure that you make time for relaxing and unwinding during your day. We always like to end our podcasts with a little recommendation for you guys. So Molly, can you give us a recommendation on what you would like to do in your free time to upskill and to relax? Well, I guess in terms of upskilling, I'd like to focus on working on my LinkedIn profile and creating a more active presence on LinkedIn. I've definitely realized now that it's super important to really get familiar with the platform and it's actually much easier than I initially thought. So I definitely will be re-listening to our previous podcast episode of ins and outs of LinkedIn, and I highly recommend our listeners to do that as well. In regards to de-stressing, well, there are so many activities that we can do, but I personally reckon I might start improving my baking game. A couple days ago, mum came home with a large box of bananas, and they're now definitely overripe, so I guess I'll have to get onto them and start making some banana desserts. What about you, Taylor? Yeah, so for me, I think um, for upskilling, my recommendation would be um, reading the Australian Financial Review online. I love reading um, the Australian Financial Review. I think it's a fantastic way to get some current affairs about what's happening in the market at the moment. And I've made, I guess, a bit of a habit in my morning routine to have a cup of coffee and sit down and read the paper. And I think that it's fantastic because you can actually get the paper for free downloaded online um, through Melbourne Uni. So you just go in through there um the library and you can actually get free access to it on your computer and you can just bookmark it and open it up whenever you want in terms of de-stressing i'm think i'm going to start rereading harry potter this month so i recommend that find something nostalgic from your childhood that you love like a book like harry potter and start rereading i think it's a perfect time especially now as the weather gets rainy i love curling up with a cup of tea and a book so i'm going to definitely be doing that soon Oh, that sounds so nice, Taylor. Um, I guess before we go, we would like to just emphasize that it's super important to be selective and to choose the activities that you are passionate about and you will benefit from. So please just don't feel any pressure to have to complete every single recommendation as we have provided our listeners with so many. Do what you think will be most beneficial and easy to incorporate into your schedule. And remember to just have some time for yourself, relax, chill out and de-stress. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. And we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good day.